Welcome to Friends of the Force. This is your Star Wars podcast for positivity and collaboration. I'm your host, Brad Whipple here. And it's really unfortunate today, actually. I, I just want to take a moment to remember all the people that got caught up in the, the Pablo blip or the snap. Yeah, I'm actually getting really emotional <laughs> thinking about it, but I was supposed to have a co-host today. And unfortunately, she won't be joining us. So she did get dusted. I did. She actually happened right in front of me. I had to um, vacuum it up because it made a mess. <laughs> we won't have a host today. So I hope you're okay with that. I know it's called Friends of the Force, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. And we're, we're going to try to try to get through it here. Can and, you hear me? Um, Hello? Hello? Huh? Is Brad? Oh my God! What? Hi. Wait. Um. Did what? the Tross trailer drop? Because I. Oh my I, God. Uh, I um. I, I'm. I'm so confused right now. I. I don't even. I don't even. One moment I was here in your kitchen, and the next moment I'm not. <laughs> and I don't oh know what gosh. date it is. I don't Sarah. know if the Tross trailer has dropped. I don't know if Tross has dropped. You were in my vacuum. How did you... I was in... You vacuumed me? The, yeah, I had to. You didn't even, like, do the dustpan? No. And put me in a nice little bowl or something? It was so much dust. Uh, the, there I'm, was so much dust. I'm a little offended, but I guess we can talk about it that at a later time. What What was beyond? I did you see um, the, the... Did you see everything? I mean, I think it was kind of like... Um, uh, wow, I guess I was beyond, mm. wasn't I? Um... I think oh. it was a um, like a world of my creation because it was all Raylo all the time. And oh my gosh! It was just so great because I was like, "Wow, Raylo is canon!" But now I'm here and oh my I'm kind of heart's beating so fast. And I don't, I don't even, Oof. I don't even know if Raylo is canon. Did you find yeah. Ezra? Yeah. Oh no. He was he was in my heart. The oh whole Jesus! Time. Oh God! Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. I'm gonna. Wow, this is just a lot to handle right now, yeah. um, mm -hmm. seeing you uh, formed back into human shape. Um, and I'm like wearing a different outfit. Like, it's just so odd. Yeah. So odd. That's really but, weird. Well, yeah. hopefully, um, hopefully, well, this is good. You're back. You're I back guess. with us. So hopefully. Are you real? I, yeah, I hope. Oh, okay, cool. This might be the good place. I don't know. But I would say if you're back, mm -hmm. I'm hoping other people are back as well. So oh. if you're out there listening and you were blipped, yes, the Star Wars trailer did come out. Oh. Go watch it. Was it good? Welcome back from the world beyond, the world between worlds, as you could mm -hmm. call it. Um, I'm sorry you had to get snapped. Anyways, we're going to move on from that, though. <laughs> I guess I'm so. I'm just glad you're back, Sarah. Me Sarah, too. who are you? Why are you here? How did you just come coincidentally unsnapped into this podcast? Well, I unsnapped into this podcast because about 20 minutes ago, I finished um, watching both of the two latest episodes of Resistance. And we're going to talk about them here. I am, my name is Sarah. I exist on this planet as a human being and a student. And, Thank God. Um, Thank God. Like Star Wars. There you go. I also tweet. Great. You know. I'm Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is good. Twitter is good. Is it? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, well, that's good, because I brought you on, because this is resistance time! Let's get ready for resistance! We are going to be recapping 
the last couple episodes of Resistance because yep. due to scheduling conflicts, we weren't able to record last week. However, we are back and it's a double episode extravaganza. We will be covering a quick salvage run and live fire here on Friends of the Force. Yeah. You're going to get two it, Niku moments, two Niku Nirvanas in one week. four Niku moments because if our two Niku moments are different for each one, there will be four total. That's, this is a thrilling moment for you. Yeah. This is a thrilling moment for me. And this should be a thrilling time for all of our listeners. Yeah. Oh my Thanks, God. Mom, for what, listening. And if you were in the world beyond, maybe that episode of Resistance was different. So you might actually have Niku moments we don't even know about. You should tell us about and them. And Snap World. Yeah, you Niku should definitely a tell Jedi us your Niku in that moments world. are. Yeah, yeah. That'd be rad. I'd That'd be, be really cool. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of Niku being a Jedi, uh, we're going to talk about some heroic moments from Niku today. More on that to come. But... Let's start with a quick salvage run. So, Sarah, I kind of want to, I guess, how we'll structure this, talking about each episode, we'll kind of go over Mm -hmm. our initial thoughts on the episode. Then we can talk about just the overall plot, what we thought of it, pros, cons, talk about Tam and Kaz, considering they are the two focal points of the series. And then uh, we can wrap up with some actual uh, buckets list fun facts from StarWars.com. And mm-hmm. we'll do that for each episode. And then we will end the episode with Niku Nirvana. And Hell then for yeah. all of you out there who might have seen the Rise of Skywalker trailer, we'll have to break at some point to get Sarah to watch it since she wasn't able to see it in Snap mm-hmm. World. However, we are going to speculate and ask the big question Resistance fans are wondering about at the end of this episode. So. All right. Let's do it. With that, let's do it. What'd you think of a quick salvage run, Sarah? I thought this one was pretty fun. There were lots of, um, you know, quick... Quick, I guess quick moments. There was a lot of a little, like uh, suspense in this one. Um, we saw Dakar. Um, that we was did big, crazy. That was like big pretty much as close as we've gotten to um, like the events, like the, the the main events that are going on. So and it doesn't look like they were that far behind. So that's really fascinating, uh-huh. and I'm glad we got to see that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Any time these cartoons are able to weave in moments from the movie, I think that's when they're their strongest. For me, this episode was probably my favorite episode of Resistance. Mm. I think, yeah, it's a bold statement, I know, but I think it's it's accurate because I think what this episode did really well is it encapsulated the entire essence of Star Wars and put it into a 20-minute animated show because you had mm-hmm. the sense of, like, we need this resource. We're out of it. We have to go scavenge it somewhere. Plus all of the context from the last Jedi of this huge battle that just happened. Plus the first order is finding their location. So it's a race against time and they have to get in, get out a quick salvage run real quick. And you have the classic escape at the end where they, they get the resource, they put it in it's the classic like Empire Strikes Back moment where they're trying to fix the Falcon and they're about to get tractor beamed. Here, the Colossus is about to get destroyed and bada bing, bada boom, punch it 4D and they do it and they're out of there. And I'm like, oh my God, that was amazing. So I love this episode a ton. Were there any moments or uh, anything that really jumped out to you as as very exciting or just really stu- like stuck with you? Yeah, there were a couple moments that stuck with me. One of them, I mean, they're all kind of First Order related. One of them was right in the beginning where Tam was listening to 
the comm link or she started listening to Kaz's message and mm-hmm. Ruckland runs it, walks in and like really full, honestly, really foils that plan. So that was a little bit frustrating to see because, you know, I want Tam to um, be good and and, you know, hear from her friends. And then the other one that really stuck out to me was, well, there are two actually, two more um, at the end when um Tam is relieved that her and Ruckland are safe and then there's this discussion of like conditioning versus keeping her the way she is and really hammers home the idea again of conditioning as like actual brainwashing and actual messing with the chemistry of one's Mm -hmm. brain kind of similar to the brain scrape and like that just got it got a little dark also the word brain scrape I'll never forget it it's terrifying yeah um what the what was what? that a response to brain scrape? Oh, yeah. I don't like that word. Yeah, I don't no. either. Um, the other like thing that stuck out to me was um, Mr. Ziono and all the Zionos are alive. The galaxy is at war. Like That was clearly set. So now they're kind of in the loop at what's going on. And I feel like this could have been a point to allow our main character to grieve. Um, you know, the beginning of this season and instead mm-hmm. they've kind of let his whole family live which i'm not upset about um it's just an interesting choice uh or just one of two choices i guess they could have made um and i'd be interested to see it the other way but i think that you know telling him that the galaxy is at war and kind of setting up what was going to exist on Dakar, i thought that was a valuable point in that episode so yeah yeah i would agree with you i think it happened that might be one of my only criticisms of the episode i guess is i feel like the reveal of the dad i think we even actually talked about this on the first episode that we did that maybe his dad being alive would be a a a central plot point to the season and him dealing with that and then finding out like maybe mid-season finale that they're alive i was really Mm -hmm. surprised how quickly it happened i i agree though i think i would have liked to see more of that conflict with him like dealing with the family aspect and dealing with the tam aspect all at once and see Mm -hmm how overwhelmed Kaz could get and then how he rebounds or how he deals with that to make him a stronger character. So it is interesting to see the dad return. Do you think he could be on the side of the first order? I'm like, it kind of seems like a trap and it almost reminds me of the Luminara hollow message from rebels where Mm. Kanan and Ezra get the message from Luminara saying she's trapped on a planet. She's being held prisoner and they go there and ultimately she's actually dead. The Inquisitors did execute her and it was a trap the entire time to lure any remaining Jedi in, specifically I think for Ezra and Kanan. So do you think this could be another complete dupe on the First Order's part? Are they just trying to lure in Kaz and the Colossus crew, you think? Um, no, I think that this, that, that he is um still good um from what i recall he's like a new republic officer so i don't see him having okay. switch sides in that yeah. way um i th- i think the zionos are good people i would yeah. like to hope so i have ho- i have you know hope that they are i guess he did warn him too to stay away from dakar so he knew what happened mm-hmm. so he was warning his son i mean i guess if he wanted his son to fall into a trap he would have just let him there and told the first order like they knew he knew where they were going so that would yeah i definitely get that Seeing Dakar post Last Jedi, though, that's mm. pretty fascinating to see the wreckage of the Dreadnought and have that be somehow the coaxium just, you know, dose ex machina is still <laughs> is still there, which, you know, totally OK with that suspension of disbelief, whatever. I don't mind how how 
convenient that it's there and there's just enough of it for them to get the coaxium and get out of there. Huge nod mm-hmm. to Solo. I like that. Now we're kind of primed anytime we hear coaxium to know it does carry some significance as a resource and sure. a, a nice little nod to Solo. But that was pretty cool. And seeing Niku really come through in this episode as well as a hero in some ways, which I, we'll get to more of him in a little bit, but that's something I kind of just wanted to address briefly up top. So uh, yeah, he was kind yeah. of a central figure of this episode. Mm-hmm. It really it was an him. Role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because he talks so much about being a pirate. Yes. He doesn't necessarily do what he thinks is the, is the definition of a pirate, but he does something in a way that he didn't really realize he's being heroic, I think. He just does what mm-hmm. he's supposed to do, and that's that. But it's like, yeah. Niku, you, you, like, you saved the day. <laughs> you know, like, we can't thank you enough. So that's, that's a pretty good moment for him. I think he finally got like a really good arc in this episode, not just like a, a, a laugh, a punchline every single line. He's really making an impact. Mm-hmm. In terms of Tam, what I thought was very interesting on this episode, the manipulation of Tam by Agent Tierney this episode was really uh, a kind of terrifying dynamic because you have her brainwashing Tam in a way and saying, you know, I, he- I heard Kaz's message. I-, I can't imagine how hard that was to hear his heartless admission of betrayal that only further enhances that you chose the right side. And you can see Tam's emotions play throughout this episode on her face very well. She doesn't really have too many lines. It's really just her emotions. It's the emotions that at the very end of the episode when the Colossus escapes you kind of see her look down to the side like in a in a way of like yes awesome they got out of there and and just Ruckland finding her and having to give up that information you can clearly see she's struggling I think the first episode was kind of that rebellious attitude of like yeah stick it to the resistance I don't even want to be a part of it whatever and now the further along she gets she's starting to realize like oh it's kind of like when you go to the bar and you think you should get that extra drink but you really shouldn't and now you're too far gone but you want to undrink that last drink you drank because you know what i mean so she's drinking the mm-hmm. first order kool-aid if you're catching my drift so you know <laughs> that is what she's done and she wishes she could not have done that i think she's really starting yeah. to come around mm-hmm. unfortunately though it's not as easy as waking up with a hangover the next morning and then just moving on with her life. Yeah. Kind of stuck. Kind of stuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, but, a, it's a great metaphor. It's just a hangover that sticks with you <laughs> always and threatens yeah. your life and all your friends. The first order, the eternal hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and then in terms of her being conditioned, let's go back to that real quick. You mentioning mm-hmm. that line from Commander Pyre. What do you, what do you think that means in terms of the larger scale of, of, the first order troopers i mean what's going to happen to ruckland and some of the like of him like is this a matter of they have no free will whatsoever do they have some free will or is it just a matter of they're being ruled out of fear i think that this is a question that actually gets addressed a little bit in the third episode um but i don't think they have really any free will and they don't have any identity at anymore Mm -hmm. and so uh or if they do have an identity they can't show it at all in front of the superior officers and yeah that's being hammered you know to the audience that's being very clearly told to us um in in both of these episodes so uh i think it's very clear what tam's purpose is and not that they mm-hmm. value her as a person but they value you know the fact that she could lead them to an asset that they could destroy um mm-hmm. but yeah that's a great point in terms of identity you even hear tam at one point say uh, I talked to, I got a message from Kaz. I mean, Kazuto Ziono. 
And it's yeah. just that 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 formality of the first order. Like you cannot show any personality. There's no nicknames. There's no names. You're a number. That's it. Fall in line. Do your job, and that's it. We don't really care about anything else. But I do find it interesting that Tyranny wants to keep Tam the way she is. She doesn't want to change her because if she changes her too much, the lack of attachment to Kaz could ultimately hurt Tyranny. Because if she doesn't feel any attachment to Kaz, there's not going to be any sort of outlet for them to get that kind of information they need. Do you think this could spark some sort of conflict between Tyranny and Pyre later on in the season? I think that's what's starting to be foreshadowed. I think Pyre is going to be strictly allegiant to the First Order. And I think Tyranny maybe at some point, depending on what could happen, could be swayed to the Resistance. I know it sounds crazy, but I kind of feel like that's where this is going. Uh, I think that's fair. I think that's a definitely a fair assessment to make. Um, yeah, it's clear they have differing views on what is to be done and how they're to run things. And, you know, that may come to a head later in the season. Mm-hmm. And we even see in the Resistance Season 2 trailer at one point when Kylo Ren shows up, he uses the force to take Tyranny's hand down towards her pistol as if she's going to like, he's going to make her shoot herself. So to me, that might be like a sort of catalyst for her when that does happen later on in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, and when she realizes like, holy crap, <laughs> this is what they almost just did that to me. Am I really that expendable to the first order? Yeah. And yeah, I think that's I think where you that's... could see maybe like Tierney helped him and then commander Pyre would be the one that'd be like, no, she needs to be brainwashed. Like, no, not at all. This can't happen. Mm-hmm. And then Tierney might end up actually protecting her because she's almost taking her under under her wing at this point. She's like her, her protege almost. Sure. I don't know. I found that interesting, the dynamic between those two. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of episode two for uh, Quick Salvage Run, was there anything that you wanted to to add on this episode? I think overall it looks beautiful the the imagery of this this episode especially from like the command deck of the colossus yeah when they're looking out at Dakar, that that shot stood out to me i think some of the music was really great i noticed at one point they played the imperial suite from rogue one Mm. when they cut away from tierney when she was talking to tam it was a very small snippet but it was it was very interesting that they used that particular theme of uh, Hmm. from rogue one so that was a fun little pickup there. Yeah, overall, what did you think? And was there anything else that you wanted to, you wanted to add to this one? Um, I don't think there's anything else I want to add that's new, but uh, I thought overall this was an episode I enjoyed and definitely I feel like I need to go back to catch that Imperial Sweet moment. Um, but yeah, definitely one worth watching again. In terms of Bucket's list extra, this is seven fun facts from a quick salvage run. Now this is written from the StarWars.com team at StarWars.com. And what we would like to do is maybe pick out one or two of them that we thought were a very fun Easter egg for this episode. There's actually a lot here. I mean, even just for seven, some of them are pretty obvious. Um, You know, like for instance, the Quaxium containers are based on Solo, a Star Wars story and and that sort of thing. But you're missing the interesting part of that one was that, let me see, they were being developed at the same time. So, oh, I mean, that's actually a good detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that just goes to show how far back these episodes are being made. What was uh what was one of the bucket list items on there that you thought were interesting? Um, I thought the first one was interesting. Dress for the job you have, um, which is about Kaz's dad, um, and it's they, they talked about the costume design and how you know they wanted him to you be able to tell who he was very quickly and that he was a um 
new republic senator who also has military mm-hmm. ties so i thought that ah. was just kind of an a uh, uh, a cool way to indicate that yep wardrobe and star wars bravo i love it. it says so much without saying so little moving on to live fire episode three this one didn't stick with me as much it was kind of more of a establishing episode of here are here is a squadron it's going to mm-hmm. now be led by Jared Yeager, and Kaz is now part of the Ace Squadron, and they're going to help the Colossus. So there's going to be the Colossus, which is ran by Tora's dad, Captain Doza, and then there's going to be the Ace Squadron. So they're gonna they're all one and the same, but they're kind of two separate entities. And now Kaz is tra- training to be a part of the Ace Squadron, and eventually by the end of the episode, they all kind of mesh really well together, and that's a really uplifting moment. Especially hype phase on really comes around and. It's like, wow, I love you guys. Like, we did that together, which is really cool. It's like an uplifting moment. It's a really feel-good episode, which I liked because the first two episodes were kind of stressful with Murderball and the Dakar wreckage. Very high-stakes stuff, and this is nice to just get a break from that. So what were mm-hmm. your thoughts on on episode number three? I kind of enjoyed this one. Again, it was a little bit more of, without being a filler episode, kind of being a bridge episode. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are some fun moments, some team-building moments here on both you know, the First Order side and um, the Aces and the Resistance. So I thought it was interesting to see the um, parallels of how the fact that they were both kind of training and doing some exercises, but also how they were treated in all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a very clear difference. And I recorded some lines down that I were like, (laughs) oh, so. I think I know which lines you're going to reference because I might have written those same lines down. So did you want to you want to take it away for us? Um, well, the first one I want to mention is not probably what you're thinking about, but I did appreciate Hype Phase on calling Z- G- Kazuda, Kazuda Ziono, Kaz. His name is just Kaz. What the heck, Sarah? Okay. Um, <laughs> calling Kaz a Kaz-tastrophe. Um, I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, but um, the points I actually want to make uh, are from Gallic. Uh, you haven't earned the privilege of being seen. And she says that mm. to tam and i was like oh there it is the first order dehumanizing again yep Mm -hmm. um and then the other one it was the uh lieutenant gallic is really trying to show that people in the first order are expendable that troopers in the first order first order are expendable because once like tam and um ruckland come back and she's like i saved you and um gallic is like you shouldn't have done that nobody cares yeah yeah, and I mean again, just um, dehumanizing our main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. And actually, to to bounce off of that, I didn't have the same quote scribbled down. However, it kind of fits in the same vein. So this is when uh, I was actually listening to this line as I was baking my cookies, and they were on the in the process of being burnt. I was making R two D two cookies. Um, they're still pretty good. You know, I tried my best. That's all we can really do. Hashtag you tried. Get me the gold star. Anyways. So at one point, Hype Phazon, they're going into their battle to do their training regimen, and he says, you got to get my back. And Griff says, you know, we always have to make sure we're covering each other's back. That's the most important thing. And then Freya says, I didn't know Imperial pilots were so concerned with one another, Griff. And Griff goes, yeah, we weren't. That's why we lost. Yeah, that was another point I had Boom. written down. Yeah, Boom. that was a, 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 yeah. again, doubling down on that point of the dehumanization of, yep. um, they, they, they are not being shy about showing that so yeah i wonder if that has any implications for tross 
Oh, absolutely, I think. I think that when you boil it down to the battle between the First Order and Resistance, that is the key differentiator. And that's even oh, something absolutely. that's hinted at in... <clears throat> that's even something hinted at in Alphabet Squadron, something hinted at in Black Spire. It's the common theme that the reason the Resistance always wins is the relationship with other people. And yeah. that's why even Palpatine in the, the new trailer says, you know, you're coming together will be your undoing. That's that's the perspective of the First Order and the Empire. They always think that and they're so, so wrong. And that's why they keep getting beat over and over and over again. And that's yeah. why they're going to get beat again. So they really see everybody as a number and they're so they're so focused on their own power and their own selfishness. selfishness. That's why they're going to end up losing. And I think that's going to be how the season ends somehow. They're, they're going to take this idea and apply it to mm. Tam and Kaz, I think, somehow. I don't know. But, you know, maybe uh, Kaz ends up saving Tam because of his heart, even though he thinks he she, he, she might have betrayed him because there's kind of that floating idea now that maybe Tam gave up the information willingly. And that's, that's kind of hinted at at the end of the f- episode number two. Yeah. But yeah, I digress. So that is a really important theme. Did you, did you, what did you think of, of that line in particular? You said you had written it down. Yeah, I also was like, I mean, again, I was just like, this is, they're really trying to hit this point. And I thought it was interesting to kind of contrast um, where each group is at. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it was a pretty good episode. I, I, I did enjoy it. It was just a lot of fun. It wasn't anything mind-blowing to me like a quick salvage run was, but I, mm-hmm. I did like it. I like the story so far. I just like how this this crew is really coming together and embracing each other. And I think that will pay dividends for the end of the season. So now in terms of the bucket list for this episode, I think the most interesting one is Lieutenant Gallic. They mention in here that the honorific sir can be applied to both men and women officers. An earlier version of the script named her Lieutenant Jimes. Yeah, I, I noticed that um, Tam was calling her superior officers, whether they be women or men, um, sir. And I thought that was yeah. interesting. A little interesting nugget of information there. So, yeah, I did have a couple more points. I thought that the ray monster yeah. was really interesting and it had lots of scary teeth. Yes. Um, oh, but God. only known so as the ice creature, uh, the just the just Jacks Jackusk Jackusk J A K O O S K. Anyway, if anybody mm. knows how to say that, um, I can't tag Pablo anymore. So somebody else. <laughs> um, but I really uh, did like that Kaz was boasting about like Republic, old uh, New Republic flight school or whatever. And that was just like really yeah. showed his privilege. Oh, as that was funny. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What else? I love Taurus helmet. The ice pillars were cool. And also Hype's scream at that one point was great. <laughs> it was pitched perfectly. It was very clean. I loved it. Yes. Funny mo- yes, funny I agree. And oh, interestingly also- enough, too, Jakusk was originally called a Thrantra, and it was a flying manta-like creature based on old Ralph McQuarrie designs. Yeah. So. That's cool. That's cool. Um, the yeah. last point I have, I guess, goes back into the First Order, and that is the survival of the fittest. And they're talking about, like, culling of the weak. So there's, like, mm-hmm. again, that point. They are not They are not being yeah. <laughs> light about it. So, yeah. Yeah, like, go out there, and whoever scores the most, you win. If you die, you die. It's like, yeah. you know, Cal Drogo, if he dies, he dies. Yes, that's, that's a, pretty a good reference Russian I understand. Yeah. It's a classic. Head. Yeah. Okay. Well... That recaps those two episodes. Now, Sarah, drumroll please for us to close out this episode. Miku Nirvana! 
I'm gonna do it it's every that, episode. You're gonna cringe and it's gonna again. happen. Yeah. It's Brittany Kunivana. The best yeah. the best podcast segment in the land of podcast segments. Best artwork. Not to like toot my own horn here. <laughs> I was that took me a little bit to make. I was pretty proud of it. I'm it looks pretty, pretty fun. It was results. pretty great. I had a good laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I got Bibu in there too. Of course. We love Bebo. What was your Niku Nirvana moment this week? For these last two weeks, actually. Okay, okay. So I'm going to do two. And I pick the second one over the first one if I have to pick one. But I'm going to say both because I can really quick. So the first one is in a quick salvage run. And he's talking about the, so he's talking to the pirates. And he goes, I find your life choice most interesting. And I just thought <laughs> the, the word choice there was great. The inflection was great. That was a good Niku moment. And then my yep. second one which is from live fire is not really much it's like it's not a moment that's emphasized but it's a moment and so it's at the end of the episode and they're all kind of like sitting in the bar and you know hype is talking it up and um Niku is just standing there and he closes his eyes and he's smiling and he shakes back and forth just a little bit and then he like drinks his drink and it's so pure <laughs> and so good and then a oh, little yeah. bit later in that I scene he goes that. oh this makes me so happy and I'm like yes this makes me so happy <laughs> so those are my Niku Nirvana yes. moments oh that's awesome I love both of those for me the Niku Nirvana moment for a quick salvage run is very hard to choose but as a Simpsons fan, I really enjoyed this one when they're talking about Ka- or him and Kaz are at the bar and Kaz says, what? You're out of drinks? Are you kidding me? And Niku says, you know, Kaz, at this rate of consumption, we're going to run out of all the essential needs. And he starts listing like water, food, gorgs, mmm, mm, gorgs. It <laughs> was like a Homer Simpson moment, like mmm, donuts. Yeah. So yeah. I just appreciated that. I'm like, that is an obvious Simpsons reference. That, that's mm. intentional. So for Live Fire, again, not really like a huge moment, just a really small thing. But I liked at the beginning when they're all eating together. This is kind of like when they're not really meshing too well initially. And Niku comes in to sit down and eat his food. And he's, he sits, he goes over to the table and then Bo comes in and sits down. And he goes, that's my seat. And Niku goes, oh, apologies, Bo. I will just eat my meal over here with the droids. With the droids? <laughs> I love that one too. I was like, classic like lunchroom moment when you're a kid and you're like, okay, I won't sit at this cool kid's table. It's fine. Not that it's that happens like to me every day. It's also like the classic Thanksgiving <laughs> moment where it's like, yeah. I want to sit at the big kid's table. And one of the adults <laughs> yeah. is like, I, the, your table's mm-hmm. over there. And no. you're like, oh, I yeah, guess I'll go, go sit with kids. my cousins that are 15 <laughs> years younger than me. <laughs> or like, I'm 20. Like, or like I'm, you know, I had to sit at the kid's table yeah. for the longest time. It's like, I'm literally, you know, 19. Let me eat at the adult's table. Dang it. Like, you know, <laughs> you're like, I just want to be here. I just want to be part of the group. Thank yeah, you. That's funny. <laughs> so those are some great ones. But I think overall, though, the biggest Niku moment. I think we can both agree is his mm-hmm. heroics involved with putting the coaxium in the in the canister. When to... he's like, "Do not breathe." <laughs> yes, he's like, "You all need to stop shooting for one millisecond or one microsecond." I just, yeah. oh god, it was just so brilliant, brilliantly acted, and the intensity and the stakes were so high, and mm-hmm. it really felt like Niku finally paid off in a way even though i've always loved him he just finally had that moment that i've been like really waiting for to like save the day you know he's not just a character to laugh at he actually makes a difference and that was really cool it was very heartwarming absolutely 
Now, to end this episode, I want to ask you one question. Now that you've uh, seen the Tross trailer uh, in the uh, Afterlife, now in the Pablo Snap Afterlife, that is. Yes. We saw the big shot of all those ships. Uh-huh. Give me your percentage of the Colossus showing up in the Rise of Skywalker. Doesn't have to be mentioned. Doesn't have to be a big central point. Just shown. We've already seen the ghost, mind you. The ghost from Rebels. I'm going to say... 35 percent and i know that might be on the low side but the Mm -hmm. ghost makes sense to me the colossus makes less sense to me it's not a Mm -hmm. it's not a fighting thing it's like a refueling thing so it might be there but i don't see it being in that lineup for that reason okay yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's 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 actually really good yeah that's where i'm at I want it to be a Colossus. It'd be rad. I would love for all my faves to be in that movie. But I'm, but also for like for me, that means putting them in harm's way. Like we're gonna put Niku in the line of fire. I don't want that for Niku. What about a squadron? Let me let me ask a follow up. A squadron showing up. Um, that seems more likely to me. But that also means we're putting hype in the line of fire, and I don't want to do that mm-hmm. to him. Can't deal with that stress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be so focused on that during the movie. I have like, enough is stress. Alive? I have enough yeah. stress anyway about this film. I know. <laughs> what about you? I would say for the Colossus, I will say 75%. Mm. So we're on like I think, complete opposite feelings. Yeah. I would say it's going to show up, maybe not in that battle at the end, but potentially floating above Bot 2. Let's say the Resistance finally controls that planet by the time the Rise of Skywalker happens, considering the show's timeline leads right up to it. I think we might see it just kind of hovering above the planet mm. as a refueling station before the first before the Resistance goes off to face whatever obstacles they have in the First Order and the Empire. In terms of a squadron, I would probably put it closer to around like 30%, 35%. Oh. I, I, it's very possible we might see the fireball sputtering along through some Star Destroyers and Kaz just <laughs> wildly screaming in his cockpit, <laughs> being chased by a Dorito TIE fighters. But, you know, I don't know. I hope the Colossus shows up. That'd be rewarding for many yeah. Star Wars fans. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. feels like we're going to get everybody and everything in this movie, so it could know. happen. Yeah. I was relatively surprised by the ghost showing up. I flipped my lid. I couldn't even focus. I was relatively surprised by the big size of that fleet. Like, Yeah. Anyway, Resistance Reborn by Hashtag Rebecca Resistance Reborn. Come out on. November 5th. <laughs> I guess we're going to read about it. <laughs> Apparently that book slaps from what I've heard from people who have gotten advanced reader copies. So. so that is all for today's episode of Star Wars TV Digest resistance now sarah where can the lovely people find you you can find me at seh221 on twitter instagram and youtube because i just did a trailer reaction to the Rise of skywalker trailer and you can see me wow. yelling you can see me crying and mm-hmm. that's what you can All see me doing in that 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 uh, trailer but if that's if you want to watch yeah. that it's there for you yeah i would i'm gonna go check that out after this actually it's the next thing i'm watching tonight before I watch the trailer many times after that and just keep crying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if Brad, re- sleep, yeah. if Brad recommends it before he's even seen it, you should watch it too. I'm just saying. Yeah. It means it's you really good. You being the listener. So. Hi, listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, we thank you so much for your time here on this episode today. And I can't wait for next week 
Let yes. me recap. I think it's uh, something, something dark side. I don't know what the episode's called. Anyways. I don't know but, what it's called either. Yeah. Something. It's okay. We'll uh, be ready I know it has time. a number seven in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as for myself, you can find the podcast at Friends of Force on Twitter and Friends of the Force on Instagram. You can find me at Broad Whipple. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash friends of the force that it starts at $1 a month. And we are also a part of the Star Wars Escape Pods network that includes shows such as Sky Talkers, Unmistakably Star Wars, and the Geeky Bubble podcast. Again, that's the Star Wars Escape Pods network promoting positivity and fandom. Thank you to our current patrons. We have Aldrinian Rose, Neil Lowry, Roll Farmboy, Chris from Kentucky, and Michael Condon. As for all of you listening here today, thank you so much for tuning in to Friends of the Force. We're all ones with the Force. We're all friends of the Force. And may the Force be with you always. Bye.